You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 398 of Podcateers. In this episode, we talk about the Book of Boba Fett, a new area for magic key holders is coming to DCA, Stella McCartney designs a new outfit for Minnie Mouse, and people are losing it. Disneyland Paris gets a drone show, plus we might be hanging out in the Disney metaverse sooner than later. We'd love to hear how you feel about some of the topics in this episode. You can join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers, but we'd love for you to join us on our Discord server. Joining is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com slash 398. Click on the Discord logo on that page, or you can also check our pinned IG story and join using the invite link provided there. March Mayhem is rapidly approaching, and we've already had some really great ideas come in for this year's matchups. If you have any suggestions about what should compete in this year's tournament, send them on over. We'll take the best ideas and put them up for a vote within the next couple of weeks. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers after show, and access to our monthly happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. Uh, it's time to get this episode going. Again, remember that if you have any ideas for March Mayhem, send us a message. It's always a fun time, but before we get there, we need your help to determine what will be competing in this year's tournament. If you're new to the show, thanks for hanging out. We hope that you enjoy your time with us and that you come back for more. And if you've been hanging with us for some time, welcome back. This is episode 398 of Podcateers. talk about his new official given name everybody's calling him robert fettuccini are they i think (laughs) everybody i think everybody on uh the internet is now calling him robert fettuccini it's taken the world by storm (laughs) uh robert fettuccini merchandise is soon coming to hot topic and uh box lunch and amazon treasure truck and spencer's gifts and uh those carts in the middle of the mall where they sell like they clean yeah, your they shoes moved on that faster than grogu yeah they clean his shoes. <laughs> you know, well, you, you know you those carts to, where they you, you know they clean your shoes or like there's a drone flying around the mall or whatever that they, they, they have them there too Robert gotcha. Fettuccini drone, Robert Fettuccini. <laughs> you heard it here first on podcast. But, look, <laughs> but Robert Fettuccini Lamborghini. <laughs> but before you see it in any of those locations, it'll be available at podcateers.com slash gear. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's right. where you'll be able to get your the, first crack at the Robert Fettuccini gear. The official <laughs> original home of Robert Fettuccini. <laughs> He has ri- he has risen. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> it's almost Easter, right? <laughs> Something like that. Hey, so I that's, have that's, to ask. I yeah. mean, look, 
when the book of Boba Fett was first announced, I was like, I was so psyched about the Mandalorian. I loved the series. They announced the book of Boba Fett. And I mean, I was happy because even as you know, I'm, I'm a very, what do they call them? Um, fair weather fans. Like you're not like, yeah, like, yeah. crazy about it, but you, you know, you just kind of, you know, you kind of like it. Mm-hmm. I've definitely become a bigger Star Wars fan in the last few years, but I'm not like, like, you know, I didn't grow up with it or anything, so I'm not like crazy fan. Uh, but the book of Boba Fett was exciting because Boba Fett was one of those characters when I watched the original trilogy that I thought, man, that guy's like pretty unique. Like he's really mysterious. Like I, I would love to see more about that guy. And then we never got more from that guy. Right. And so it was kind of disappointing mm-hmm. The Mandalorian comes out and I thought, oh, this is great because now you kind of get to hear the backstory of the same type of dude that Boba Fett was. And the Mandalorian surpassed my expectations. And I like it even more than some of the other Star Wars properties. Aside from the fact that, you know, we got the killer opening, you know, that was referenced in Parks and Rec all those years ago. I started watching the first episode and... I don't know if it was because like I wasn't in the right mindset to watch it. Like I was kind of preoccupied with a couple of other things, but I I remember getting through half of the episode and I thought to myself, yeah, this just isn't for me. And I, I it feels like I didn't really give it enough of a chance because it probably picks up by the end of the episode. Or maybe if I try to rewatch it again, now that I feel like I'm more prepared to watch it, maybe I feel like I'll, I'll enjoy it more. But at the same time, I feel like my mind has already clicked into this weird state of you didn't like it as it started. <laughs> Forget about it. Just move on with your life. But there's so many people raving about it. There's some people saying that it's not great. And I don't know where it stands. All I know is that everybody's saying, watch episode five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode well, episode five uh is just an episode of The Mandalorian. It's it's not an episode uh yeah, if you haven't watched episode five, I guess there might be a little bit of spoileries, but it shouldn't be too many. Um but yeah, it's just an episode of The Mandalorian. Um the first like scene, there you go, you see Din Djarin, and then you follow him for the entire episode, um, through the end with no appearance of Boba Fett at all. So it's just like checking in with uh, our friend Mando for an episode. Yeah. Of like, what is it like 10 episodes? One of them not have Boba Fett in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should stop laughing. But um, yeah, it, <laughs> I laugh because it's the highest rated episode and it's sad because it doesn't have the main character whose show is about. And it's like, all right cool i mean i'm i'm not a hardcore star wars fan i'm not i am absolutely not i know i don't have all the knowledge but this you just go to episode five if you haven't seen one two three four there's zero connection oh weird yeah that's why i'm saying you could go straight to five it's like Mandalorian season 2.5 or something. It's just like I, it's just like one episode. That had to be blue uh, blue wow. <laughs> that had to be B reels because 
it made sense for Mandalorian. Didn't make sense for Boba Fett. So I was like, are you doing this for ratings sake? What's uh, going on? Hmm. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no way they could have, like, like squeaked this out. I mean, it all, it seemed like new footage. It was, like, a very, like, cohesive story. Unless it was just, like, an entire episode that was on the cutting room floor. But the way it ends does, like, the last, what, three seconds of the thing se- does yeah. tie it in. Like, it makes sense in the Boba Fett timeline we've had so far. Um, so, yeah, who knows? But... I mean, a, a lot of people are, uh, they want Bryce Dallas Howard to have a Star Wars movie now. They say that all the time. Like, a- after The Mandalorian, they're like, yeah, okay, well, this guy needs a Star Wars movie, and this one needs a Star Wars movie. But, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard directed this one. I know, I think she did some she Mandalorian did. episodes, too. But, yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. It's just, I think the storytelling in this one is so, it's so much easier, and it's so much better in the way that it it goes throughout the whole episode it makes sense and it doesn't drag hmm. it, it seems i don't know I, I don't know it just it's two complete different things and i mean don't get me wrong it's still pretty good but it's just there's something that doesn't make sense and yeah but i was highly well, pleased yeah. with this episode they're, I'm being I mean, positive they're, here. They're, ret, they're retconning, uh, you know, Boba Fett kind of a little bit, but they're just—it's kind of like a like an origin story, but not really. Like it's a—it's like okay, here's all this. You didn't know he was alive anymore. Well, he was, and here's all the stuff that happened between between him coming out of the Sarlacc pit and when we met him in uh, Mandalorian. Is like the first what two episodes three episodes is him just doing all this stuff there's a lot of flashbacks and flash forward stuff um so it's just like a lot of just set up and set up and set up and there's a lot of like you know he's with the sand people a lot in the first couple episodes and it's just a lot of quiet and and score and stuff like that so it's like I don't know. It's just a lot. I mean, I've enjoyed watching Boba Fett. I would right, recommend giving it a try. I, and I think it's worth it. But it is just, I think, a lot of exposition to get to. I'm sh- They're building to something. You know, they kind of cover it in episode four. Like what what they're kind of. I, we're assuming the the arc is going to this war or whatever. And yeah. So, I mean, I would recommend giving it a shot. Just sit down and and watch it all in one swelt foop, and I don't know. I know, Larry, you're not much caught up on it either, are you? I'm not, but I'll give feedback as a Star Wars fan for everything. You guys are absolutely on the money. As a fan watching it just as Star Wars, to get to this point, I have yet to watch Episode Five, and that's being a Star Wars fan. I stopped because watching it, I agree also what you guys are saying. I know there's kind of we've talked about before where I say it's streamable, which a lot of people are. I know Melissa's like, heck no, I, that's not what I meant. <laughs> like to sit down and get stuck on it, no. But for what I mean is like, if you're a Star Wars fan, when I talked about the Hazen, when we were excited about it, this is a storytelling negotiation playing to that part of Star Wars. As a fan of that, like if you think about think about the movies and in past, like when you have the example of the first three movies, the negotiations between 
the Senate and then, you know, Padme as she's like a, a, a leader of her people and they're trying to create peace. I think they're trying to revert back to that when you talk about the Sand People, which was I thought was a really cool story on the Tusken Raiders because they always made them look sadly like native people. They didn't look make them look educated. But now you find this whole culture which tied into kind of like that Mandalorian. And to segue a little bit off of that, I think the Mandalorian did so good because they had an open platform to work from when they're making his story. And that's why episode five is like bringing people back in because you got this open platform. But when you go back to Bubba Fett, you have to explain, like you mentioned, Andrew, what he was dead, but that Sorlax thing that Adam's really alive still, that was trippy as heck. And like for reals, Ming, uh, I want to say her name right for sure. Ming Na Na Ming Na Win, you know, known as Mulan, known as Agents of Shield, you know, she is killing it on this show. Like, and it's so cool because she's not like necessarily a sidekick and i think some people might get that view but it's not it's boba fett needs her because she's like the ultimate assassin some of the first scenes like i think we've gotten used to such great delivery in like cgi and then stunt work but they're like jumping over buildings that's stuff that wasn't in like star wars the original movies so the action is cut apart and i'll admit it's more of the building the story you guys are exactly right this is a story builder one so i would watch it if you're interested in trying to learn another chapter of star wars that's a previously told character go back to this and if you're like a older star wars fan some of these references will become apparent to you again and it's like it's like a different thing i think my favorite in the first scenes not to give away too much is when we're talking about the tuscan raiders and that backstory how they stop that speed racer train that was mm-hmm. ultimately great CGI work. And then, and secondly, like the, the stunt work, like then jumping off to the train, jumping back on mm-hmm. and making that thing looking like it was moving like full speed. That was like high def work back in the early 2000s to get that done. So I, I think you're absolutely right. The general audience that the Mandalorian caught and bring into this is going to not love Boba Book of Boba Fett. But if you're looking for like another chapter of Star Wars, kind of like if you liked... Uh, let's say the falcon and winter soldier of marvel this is like where you're working with you ask me yeah but uh, i guess yeah okay i'm i'm gonna do my best to not speak ill of it because i get what you're saying comparing it to falcon and winter soldier because when you think of it in the grand scheme of everything it feels like a b plot right with that it's story building in order to get you into phase four however Falcon and Winter Soldier for me didn't drag, and it's probably because I'm a bigger Marvel fan than I am a a Star Mm -hmm. Wars fan in general. So I've been stuck in this weird spot of I'm trying not to watch any spoilers or anytime that I see it come up on social media, I try to quickly scroll away because I feel like I owe it to the series to watch it because I was so invested in The Mandalorian. And I guess this episode... If there was no Boba Fett, all you got was Din Djarin and whatever was happening with him. I mean, it's a concurrent storyline, right? Like, look how many Marvel films overlap and we begin to see that in future episodes, especially now on right. Disney+. Plus, Right. So it's mm-hmm. very possible that we're seeing this overlap happen and he's like in another part of the planet or something like that while all this is happening. The one thing that did catch my attention, though, was people seem to be 
complaining or people seem to be worried, I guess is a better way of saying it, about somehow reminding people about Tatooine and the series getting stuck there and making people upset that more stuff isn't happening on Tatooine, either in the Star Wars series themselves, like in the new trilogies, or even at Galaxy's Edge or, you know, <laughs> in the parks. Is that a vibe any of you have gotten watching this? Or are people just blowing that part out of proportion? No. <laughs> I don't have any complaints about that. Nothing. I, I'm i just happy to see what I see. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, why? Yeah, okay, Tatooine. Whoop-dee-doo. Like, it's Tatooine. There's how many cool planets in Star Wars? Like, I a just lot. saw a, an image of, like, all of the different Star Wars planets. Like, every one of them is, you know, you got all cool planets. So, like, Tatooine, yes, is like a is like a crucial part of the Star Wars universe. But it's also, like, not... We don't spend a ton of time on Tatooine in the grand scheme of, like, all the films. It's it's a it's a small but crucial part of the films, but yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know. I <laughs> I'm I'm just happy to see. You know, I I'm I'm a little more of a than a fair weather fan of Star Wars. You know, I like it. It's fun and whatever. I just but I see Star Wars as just like it's fun. Yeah. Like just have just watch it to have fun. That's why I watch Marvel movies to have fun. It's not you know to there's not some bigger thing there for me anyway. So, yeah, I've not felt that way about, I don't know. I don't even know where that's coming from, that tattooing stuff. Okay. <laughs> People well, are just nitpicking. <laughs> I mean, Probably. I, I yeah. get it. I have a lot of opinions on a, a, a lot of other things. It's just not this, I guess. So. All right. <laughs> Am I maintaining a comment which you guys talked about? Bryce Dallas Howard, amazing job. I think it's really important if they do do this, and I'm going to call this out, and this might not be liked by some Star Wars fans. I rather watch this than watch The Force Awakens or the movies that came after A New Hope because like seriously one director that directed Star Trek JJ Abrams was okay but he got no feedback from George Lucas and all these directors have done that they've gotten feedback from George Lucas when they make these stories and when they're together I would love to see a Star Wars movie done like what we're seeing what this was more robert's idea i think or more of his baby to make but i want like the mandalorian i want a movie where there's multiple directors making a star wars movie with some consultation by george lucas not like he's telling him exactly what to do but like a consultation by him by like yes you are seeing the image of what star wars looks like because i feel like that got lost quickly when we went into those newer movies and you talk about like immediate scenes where i was like Okay, here we go. Let's get it rolling. Let's talk backstory. Got you, Ray. Got you, Finn. I wanted that to get rolling faster. So I feel it. That's why I'm like, bring these people on to do a movie. Like all of them. That bring would be on. epic. That would be. That's where I want it to end up. Is where like we do get like this huge movie from these, where like it all comes together. Because if you're gonna ask me sincerely, like Obi Wan Kenobi, still the one I'm I'm looking out for. That's the series I'm hoping. Because I haven't heard who's, you know, how that's, what direction that's going to even go yet. But that character is one, like, seriously is coveted in every Star Wars fan's heart. It's like, it's a main driving theme. But for now, if you're just trying to watch this, you guys are right. 
you probably don't need to be like fully invested in watching every episode each week but if you got some time to like star wars out and just check it out it's kind of cool to get some of that backstory history so then when you go back to like watching the movies it fits and then maybe i don't know the last two episodes we'll see yeah i can't i can't say they won't pull anything awesome because they've done it before yeah that's interesting that you say that um especially about the directors and how a lot of them, especially early on, had an opportunity to consult with George Lucas because I feel like, you know, when we were talking about the original trilogy as they were coming out or, you know, you know, when when, when they finalized the trilogy, I like it was it was essentially a mirror image of the original trilogy with different characters exactly. and a different setting, right? And exactly. like to me, it felt like a reset for Disney. Like now we own Star Wars. We want to be the ones telling the story, but we want to drive the ship. Like we don't want the ones that Lucas made driving the ship. We want these new characters driving the ship. And the only way to do that is to retell the story with the characters that they came up with. Because that's why we see Rey in, in Batu. That's why we see uh, V. That's why we see, you know, Chewie. And the characters that we see are the ones that they created, you know, in this new trilogy. Yeah. With all of, like like you're saying, they're retconning Boba Fett. They're, you know, they're, they're doing things that Star Wars fans wouldn't necessarily expect to happen because like they it's kind of like we talked about with the attractions right like whenever they redo an attraction they're not catering to the audience that saw this 30 40 years ago they're catering to the audience that in 30 40 years is going to be saying these were my star wars movies right you know so i guess what i'm getting out of everything that you're all saying is i should give it a chance i should get out of my head that it wasn't good to begin with and I should just watch it. That there's a good chance that I might still enjoy it. If I jump to episode five, I wouldn't be losing anything. <laughs> but but I feel like there there's also a part of me that, and I don't know how people are going to feel about me saying this, but I may have already kind of said this before. The way that Kevin Feige has become kind of like he's the one coming up with all of the steps, all of the plots and everything John Favreau is kind of taking the mantle for Star yeah, Wars in he, that way. Every Star Wars fan is hoping, you know, that's so what's happening. yeah, we're hoping. And if that's, that's the, the case, and Disney's giving you a green light to redo everything in your own image, oh like, please, wouldn't wouldn't you want to take that opportunity? <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Like I said, that would be yes, please more. That's when I'm like in Marvel mode. Yes, please more. Bring on the happy. <laughs> you know hazen but also you know B boba fett the series has let's see what do we have that's cool you got um max rebo shows up i'll spoil that for you max rebo <laughs> and um rex droids like rex from star yeah. wars oh, right. is in there that's right um there's people that modify themselves with droid parts. There's uh, right there. hover motorcycle races so that cool. are like like very bright colors. <laughs> a um, different age, a new age in Star Wars. Uh, tactical Chewbacca. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got the the twin uh, huts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got all kinds of stuff. You mm. got yeah. Cool, okay. cool people okay. you got you got okay. fighting and you got 
uh, more fighting. Uh, Boba Fett's in a tank. Wait, what? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> uh, 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 like a, it's like not like a not like an army tank. Like oh, a, uh, like a it's like a healing chamber. I guess I should say. Oh, yeah, okay. I know that's kind of a trippy story too. Like, yeah, that's interesting. It how is how that's going because. I don't want to get too in depth with it, but usually when you see things on the dark side, they're like what you talked about. They're part droid, part like they're built like Darth Vader, but he's got a healing chamber. So you're like, hmm, interesting. That's different. That doesn't necessarily make him. He's a bounty hunter in the beginning. Remember, that doesn't necessarily make him affiliated with like that dark side being a droid, half person, half thing. That's a machine, right? So. That's a weird thing I think we're going to have to figure out, too. Like, what, yeah, how but, does that play out? Well, look at Fennec, who's, like, look at all her, like, droid parts that... Ooh, I'm not going to spoil it to it, but <laughs> droid parts. Right, like, <laughs> there's, like, droid parts. There's, like, a droid parts. Maybe Boba Fett is kind of part droid, but we just haven't seen it yet. Oh, I mean, wasn't he a no, clone no, of Jango really. to begin with? I, I am have Boba no Fett. idea. <laughs> We're going to have to see how this all plays out. I don't know. There's no, a lot. I thought that's that what was, I said. What I thought that is... was pretty well known. Like, not like well, yeah, Boba, Boba Fett is a... Like, yeah, but Boba you're is... insinuating that he's droid still. That's what you're saying, like, that... Well, from what you're saying, that's all I'm gathering. Like, I'm trying to piece together what you guys are saying as far as this, like, tank that he's in. It's like a water tank. Like, like okay, remember, and I'm going to bring up apparently Larry's movies he doesn't like. In the, like, the last Jedi movies or whatever, the last, whatever the last one was, uh, the, um, like, uh, po- pose in, pose in the, in the, like, tank, and he comes out and has all the tubes on yeah. it and stuff. And he's like, yeah. he was in the Matrix, like yeah. Or, like, Luke, he looks in one, too, <laughs> right, at some Matrix. point. With, yeah. Quoted somewhere else. It's good. <laughs> all right. Red I, pill. All right, pill. fine. I'll watch it. All right. Just watch it. It's fine. I think it's that's like what we just did okay. with Hayes and folks that we're trying to do with you. Just watch it. Just okay. yeah. It Star Wars is just supposed to be fun. Like movies are fun. Yeah. Right. Okay. Not TV shows are fun. I mean, most they should be fun. Everything should be fun, and nothing should be sad. At the end. <laughs> and look, I I think now that I've heard all of you talk about it, I think I'm much more willing to give it a shot. Because I'm telling you, my mind was pretty made up. I have not attempted to only watch it once. I have tried four different occasions to watch it. I don't know if I'm making a mistake by watching episode one from the beginning and then kind of getting to the middle and thinking, why am I watching this again? And then I kind of give up on it. Or if maybe I should just pick up where I left off and keep watching from there so that my brain doesn't have enough time to reprocess it. Cause I've seen that four times now, but the last yeah, time uh, was a couple of days ago after we got off the call, the happy hour call with the, with the FGP squad, I was thinking, okay, well I should, I want to watch something and you know, I'll sit down and I'll unwind. I'll make myself a snack and I'll, you know, maybe I'll catch up on this. And as I was going to start watching that, I said, meh, I'm going to watch the Harry Potter reunion instead. And I switched and I went and watched the return to Hogwarts thing instead. But I bet you could jump right back in like you're thinking. And then it kind of just becomes like one of those things where like, Oh, I, I know where I left off. That's like, there's not, that's why I feel like it's a stream where you can watch over a weekend where you're like, Oh, I got something to do in between. And I got something to do, whatever to come back to. And I think that's what it feels like. Something like you could come back to watch Fair enough, and be okay. All right. Then I will do myself the favor and not watch like episode a book. one from the beginning. 
It's a book, literally. Book okay. of Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I'm convinced. I'll do it. All right. I'm in. I'm in again. You put it down. You bring it back. Well, thank the you for of... getting me back in then. <laughs> I don't know. I swear I just saw another, like, everything is going to be, like, the book now. Did I, I swear I just saw, like, the book of John Cena or something announced. Oh, wow. Something, I don't know. Somebody correct me if that was. Uh, I have not seen that yet. That, like, like, the book of, <laughs> like, whoosh. The book of life, no the book of Henry, the book of Eli, the book of oh, love. Oh, I see the book, I don't know. No, no, but I could have swore there was, book I don't know. John Cena. I could have swore it was something like that. You know, he's he's a different universe, right? He's <laughs> totally too. different universe. He's trying to bring peace to I, another universe. Nope, I must have made it up because I just Googled <laughs> it. It's not coming up. So maybe it was in a dream. Who knows? I can't see him, so it's fine. Well, I'll give it a shot. I'll try to report back next week, uh, next week to see how I'm feeling about it. And I'll let you know uh, how that goes. I mean, you guys will know via text throughout the week, but I'll update on the podcast as well. So everybody I am knows. Boba Fett. You must give me whatever money. He has a cool droid in there too. That's like a little like a British guy and he's all stuffy. He's like, oh badoo 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 kinda like C three PO but not really. Nice. He's funny. If he doesn't sound I like, like that, droid. I'm gonna be disappointed now. Everybody that everybody <laughs> that's <laughs> British he goes no, he sounds like sad. Mrs. Doubtfire, like, but bleepy bloopy. He, he, he kind of sounds like my. Uh, he kind of sounds like my. Uh, what's James Corden? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Let's I'm stick to, to Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire, but bleepy bloopy. You look like Ma. <laughs> Uh, I guess anyway. it's time to move on. We have some stuff uh, about the parks that we want to talk about. Uh, things happening around the world at Disney parks as well. But before we do, we mentioned it just a moment ago. Uh, we had a super fun time with members of the FGP squad on our happy hour call. Yeah, we, did. we had taken yeah. a little bit of a break for the holidays, but man, I missed them. It was, oh, yeah. it was it's always fun when we have an opportunity to just sit down and play for the most part, whenever we get together, we play Jackbox games and we just kind of chat and everything. And uh, yeah, this was no exception. It was nice. It was fun. Uh, I'm happy that we got an opportunity to catch up with everybody. I'm looking forward to the day that we can all finally get together in person again and, you know, watch a movie or whatever, you know, like we used to. 3D print. Yeah, 3D right. print apparently. We're all yeah. going towards again. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do a 3D printing workshop. Uh, oh, wow. I'm not, I'm not against it. I just would like to be in, included in it. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know what the FGP squad is, it is an awesome group of people that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. They get some additional perks like the mentioned happy hour call that we have monthly, some additional content over on Patreon, first dibs at any new products that we release as part of the Podcateers gear line, uh, which is our online store, and more. So uh, if you would like more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head on over to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. There you will find a link to our Patreon a list of some of our top contributors and some information on the FGP Squad along with that as well. Plus, if you sign up for one of the particular plans, like our Diamond plan, you also get a Podcateers button like an fgp squad button uh after like the first couple of months you also get some stickers and all sorts of stuff so i like to send out random gifts here and there 
to the FGP squad members. So, you know, it's an additional perk. One day you might just get some random gift in the mail. Yep. Lots and of the names, <laughs> the names make sense. The different tiers make sense. It's not just like Enchant and Dream and, Ooh. <laughs> and... Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Pirate and Tinkerbell and Sorcerer. Just random it's nonsense. not thrown words. out there, huh? They, they make sense on what you're getting into. Yeah. I mean, they're very basic. But, you know, if you, if you have uh, any questions, you can head on over to podcateers.com slash FGP. In case you're wondering, our three tiers are the Main Street level, the Gold level, and the Diamond level. And you'll get some information as far as what's included with diamond each of them. Uh, but the Gold and Diamond levels do have exclusive <laughs> access to the FGP squad only section of our Discord server as well. So uh, you do get an opportunity to chat with other members of the FGP squad along with us. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to answer any questions. And, of course, as always, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. And we are looking forward to our call in February. 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 Uh, we're going to hop over to DCA for a second and talk a little bit about what's happening there because there was an article that came out in the Orange County Register about Magic Key Holders getting a quote-unquote Club 33-style lounge exclusive for Magic Key Holders. There was some concept art that was released. I just wanted your initial thoughts on comparing it to Club 33. It's a cute idea. I'm going to say that it's a it's a nice idea. It is. The concept art looks really nice. But it's kind of a stretch to say it's like Club 33. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, is it? It's like, insert Thor, you know, meme right here of him <laughs> saying, is it? I don't think it is. Oh, well. But it, it is. It is. Very nice. I will say that. I'm not going to knock it. It looks very kind. And I actually am curious to see it when the day comes. But that was a clickbait kind of thing to call it Club 33. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's nice that they're expanding this, uh, the, the uh, Magic Key Lounge, I think is what they're calling it. Um, mm -hmm. And so they're taking over that. There's a like a dining room upstairs that they're they're building into as part of this magic key lounge because when it was the the AP lounge terrace whatever they call it it was tiny yeah um and so it was packed all of the time after people found out about it so they're expanding it making more room which is good and the only I mean there there is a club thirty three tie if I'm remembering this correctly if I read the article right. There's murals being painted in this lounge by uh, the same person that has done murals in Club 33 and 1901. Yeah. So um, there is some vague tie. <laughs> that, you know, somebody that worked on the other ones will also work on this. Um, so that's it's somewhat of a tie. But yeah, it's I, it's it's not a club 33 it's you know i guess an exclusive club in that you have to be a magic key holder and those are harder to come by now <laughs> um and get a reservation but yeah it's it's i don't know I, I never took advantage of the the 
pass holder one when it was there so i i don't know if i will remember that it's there next time <laughs> you know whenever it opens again but um i yeah like you said melissa i like the idea of it it's like you know at least they're doing something for the you know making you feel a little special true um but yeah i agree it's a very clickbait um deceptive title like ooh, what's our club 33 oh this thing that's like yeah okay got it yeah well, I think for me, uh, well, I went to it when it was the AP Lounge, and then when it became the Magic Key Terrence, and there wasn't much of a difference. I think a quote that they said from one of the Imagineers was that they never really got it finished, and that's what it felt like every time you were up there. You were like, this is an extension of kind of what's down below, downstairs, the restaurant down there. Uh, and I've always had that feeling, but you did feel still that vibe of like, okay, well, at least only APs can go up here or then magic key holders. And that's where I think, I guess they're rolling on that club 33 vibe because of that whole, only that group is allowed to come up here. And hopefully I'm with you guys, the expansion of it from what I understand, it's supposed to still have like that Spanish feel with like tiling terracotta you'll see stuff like that when it's done which would be cool still because that matches that winery vineyard feel that that whole themed area has but how they make it a club 33 vibe that will be interesting i think that's i don't know if that was a good like you said hazen is that a good use of use of words or is it just the exclusivity excuse me if i said that wrong exclusivity of being able to get in there because you're only AP or excuse me, magic key holder. So that, I mean, if that's what it is, then cool. Just don't use the word club 33 necessarily. Cause we all know for me, club 33 originally before it got renovated, I haven't went after now the new renovation design, but before it was, yeah, it's, 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 it's a coveted spot. It's really what you said, Andrew, there's art in there. There's pieces of things that on the furniture to what you're eating on, like there's, parts of history there so if that gets incorporated up there that'd be awesome but we'll have to see that's pretty much where i'm at like it just doesn't feel like it yet yeah yeah for any of you wondering the area that we're talking about it's right above the wine country trattoria at california adventure which is directly across from the blue sky cellar this area, by the way, has one of my favorite bathrooms in all of DCA. Like, it was hidden, it was always <laughs> empty, and it was one of my favorite places to go to just kind of get away from the hustle and bustle of the parks, especially if you had to go. And with this addition, I feel like that's no longer going to be the case, so the hunt is on for a new place. Uh, I understand what you're saying about how it felt. Uh, I never had an opportunity to go to it when it was just the AP Lounge. But from the photos that I saw shared, it it just felt like something that was quickly put together, like the area that was put together in Tomorrowland, just to give APs a place to sit when it was really hot, to charge their phones, whatever they had to do. But there was nothing that shouted exclusivity aside from the fact that you needed an AP in order to get in there. And uh, the Imagineer that you were talking about, Larry, was actually Kim Irvine. She was the one that gave the original interview and said that when they first started the Magic Key program, they had thought a lot about what they were going to do for Magic Key holders. The quote, I think, got blown out of proportion by the first couple Mm. of people that ended up reporting on it. Because I think her exact quote said something along the lines of, um, 
they they needed uh, a location to call their own kind of like club 33 has their own location so mm-hmm. she was referencing just the general exclusivity of it but i think what ended up happening was very similar to the spider-man video right because i like when mm-hmm. i saw the story first i thought the same thing i was like why are they calling this club 33 it's just the trattoria right i like i get that they're adding some paintings and everything like you said they're adding you know a little bit of a story to it but it, it seemed like it was really far-fetched to be calling it Club 33 until I read Kim Irvine's actual quote. And to me, it just felt like it was the Spider-Man video all over again where somebody caught a couple of words and they mm-hmm. said, ah, it's Club 33 for magic key holders. I'm like, that, that's okay. That's not what she said. Like, I, I, okay, cool. You know, so uh, right. I get it. Uh, I'm glad that they're doing it. I never really had an opportunity to go to the other one. I don't know if I would go to this one either. Most of the time, especially the one in Tomorrowland, I maybe I just went at inopportune times, but it always seemed like it was really packed. And I would just rather go sit at like Fantasia Gardens or something instead. Like, it never felt like I wanted to hang out there and just be like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in the AP lounge today. (laughs) You know, I was never in a situation where I felt like I needed that. I guess this particular location is going to be a little bit different because you have alcoholic drinks to go along with it. So if you happen to be somebody that likes to partake in alcoholic drinks, then I guess you have that going for you, too. So I, I... you know, I guess there's some advantages of using that lounge for magic key holders. You're not going to have to bounce them around because they've bounced around from places in, in Hollywood land. They've bounced around to other locations in the park as well. So having a fixed place where you can go that's nicely fixed up, has maybe some snacks, maybe some drinks. I guess people are going to be pretty happy about that in the long run. Where everybody knows your name? Huh? Where everybody knows your name? Where everybody knows your name, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Norm! (laughs) So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll probably want to check it out once it's open. At least maybe take a couple of photos and at least visit it once so that I can say that I've visited once. Because (laughs) here it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And drink a Sprite. (laughs) Mmm. If they got yeah, good food, yeah. I mean, they changed up the menu a little bit. I know they've done it a couple of times, but if they got some good food too that you could only get there, that might change the game as well because they that could. You know, they keep things they keep things down to wraps the stuff of menu a lot. Yeah. So we'd see about that too. You know what I realized about returning to the parks? This was one thing that I didn't really take into consideration, and I was talking to my wife about this not too long ago. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast, but remember I told you I got Invisalign. Mm-hmm. So Invisalign in general is a pain in the freaking butt because you have to do the whole like flossing and brushing and take them out and you got to have the little hook with you to grab them and like set them. And I know plenty of people that have lost them in the past because they forget about them mm-hmm. or they accidentally ruin them and you can't eat with them. You can't drink with them. You have to only drink water. So I remember when I got when I first got them, I joked with my dentist. I was like, dude, I didn't know you were going to put me on this impromptu 
diet. You should have warned me, right? Aww. Like, I snack all day while I'm at work. So one of the hardest things for me has been quitting snacking, which it's a good thing overall. But I'm sure I'm not the first person that's had to deal with it. But having to deal with taking the trays out and washing them out and setting them down. And then when I'm done, I have to floss and brush and do the whole thing. I was like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to take a protein shake and I'll just eat that. I'll survive on protein shakes while I'm in the parks and then I'll be good. Then I won't have to worry about it. And it's one way to do it. Yeah, Money hack all the way too. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can do I, it. <laughs> I will say that the advantage is that I don't have to wear them very long. Like I'll probably have to wear them through summer of this year. So I okay. I don't have very long to go. So uh, hopefully, you know, by the, by the summer, everything's completely opened up again. I'll be able to enjoy some pizza or something the way that it was meant to be enjoyed in the parks. And anyway. Some rubber fettuccine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Weird sidetrack. But anyway. With those uh, with those boba balls that we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was before we started recording. With the boba fettuccine boba balls. Fettuccine. No. Ah. Boba fettuccine balls. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's hop over now all the way uh, to the other side of the world here almost because Disneyland Paris is celebrating their 30th anniversary. And a couple of really cool things are happening. One of them is Minnie got a brand new outfit designed by Stella McCartney. But apparently a lot of people lost their minds about this. I'm not sure why. Like, one, the outfit looks Me pretty neither. dope. But why are people losing their minds over this? Because pants, apparently. <laughs> pants are, are they don't want to be like, uh, uh, what's her name in the Jungle Cruise movie? They don't want to call Minnie Pants. You know, The Rock comes <laughs> up and, hey, Minnie Pants. Better than um, stickers, I guess. But... I guess, but yeah, <laughs> Minnie's got pants on. How dare she want to wear some pants? You know, it's probably hard wearing a skirt all the time. France, it gets cold. It snows there at Disneyland Paris. You don't want to wear some pants every once in a while. I know I couldn't take it with the skirt all the time. So you know what? <laughs> Let Minnie wear pants. That's what I have to say. You Let just me imagine you in a skirt, dude. <laughs> you were saying that. I'm thinking that that's probably where all the hair is going to come in to keep me warm if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, but see. I thought the Invisalign talk <laughs> was far, but here we go. I'm very pro-pants, <laughs> anti-being cold in the winter. So if you're if you're uh, on the opposite side of that, then I guess we can't be friends. But if you're anti being cold in the winter, <laughs> I think and the against pants. One of the funniest Sorry. things is people forgot she's already been in a pantsuit, yeah. kind of, for the cruise lines. Yeah, and that was like three. Yeah, like three years ago, going on three years on the Disney Wish, right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, there's other outfits she's worn like other things so it's not the first time yeah i mean look and these aren't no off the rack pants every, either. <laughs> every chalk walk she's wearing a track suit 
And okay. there you go. So at <laughs> least she's warm on those days. You don't have to worry about. I mean, yeah. it doesn't snow in Anaheim, but at least she's warm in a tracksuit that early in the morning. It is cold yeah, in the morning. <laughs> the Run Disney events too. Is she there in a tracksuit at Run Disney too? Yeah. Well, there you go. Why are people losing it over this then? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I wish I would know because it, 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 like we we're talking about, we just nailed what three different situations where she's wearing other than a skirt or a dress. And like, let's not even talk about her variations of how she looks from park to park. Like, I mean, she's always usually wearing a dress, but like the way she could look from different parks, it's like completely different. Are we talking about aesthetics here? Or are we just talking about her look in fashion? Like, that's just, I don't know. It's just, it's mind boggling. I feel like it's one of those things that <laughs> I think there's a little bit of a theme to this, like episode certainly right now. It gets blown out of proportion, just like we talked about the Club 33 situation and the Terrence. And then also, you know, you talked about the Spider-Man video. It, it gets a little blown out of proportion. Yep. And, and it's sad because it's really going for the anniversary. Like you said, the real idea is to promote the 30th anniversary of Paris. But That's the it, real. It's actually thing. two things. It's. For the 30th anniversary, but really it was designed because it was meant to honor Women's History Month in March. And so as far as I know, I think she's only wearing it through March. And then she's going back to the 30th anniversary attire that they created for her and Mickey, which looks awesome, too, by the way. It's like all like iridescent and like it looks super cool. But I know. So cool. If people are losing it because they're honoring Women's History Month with this, that's a ridiculous reason to be against it. Correct. Why Correct. can't she wear pants? I mean, let's that's really the thing. Like, I, I get it if you're really caught into what Minnie originally was about, but what's wrong with her in a pants? Like are we getting into the whole point of this like she's really a mouse? Can we I mean, can we talk about <laughs> that's really what it how is, right? Awesome? Well, she is for just wearing black pumps. I'm like, yes, a right. little bit of goth right there. Just perfect. <laughs> yep. Right? See, then you get him down to that style. I mean, we really want to get into it. Donald, like, never wears pants, right? Right. So why doesn't that become an issue? The guy's literally never wearing pants. Or Winnie the Pooh, right? Nail, right? Right. Well, yeah, don't get me started with Winnie the Pooh. There's a lot of reasons with Winnie the Pooh, not including his interesting trip down whatever ride that is at Disneyland. But <laughs> no pants. So why was this whole pants issue? Maybe like characters should just like not wear pants and then we'll just go from there. Yeah. <laughs> Either pants everybody wears pants or nobody wears pants. Nobody wears pants. <laughs> I like Hard it. stance. Nobody pants. All pants are no pants. Imagine. Oh, Where's the line? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Monstro in pants, Dumbo in pants, <laughs> Maleficent and dragon in pants. Goofy with no pants is like, you can't do that. You have to have it. Like, oh, oof, awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I, I almost started going on a Santa hat rant again. I felt it. <laughs> I pictured, I pictured my, Monstro in pants. It's pretty crazy. Monstro in pants. His body shrinking down to just the little pant. No. It's like, oh, it's like that. It's like that. Uh, what? What's the? Is it in Melody Time or whatever? Where it's the, the whale that sings the opera or whatever. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So there That's you go. There you Whales go. in pants, you know. Why can't Minnie be in pants? I, it's pants. Yeah. Like, it's this isn't. Yeah, this isn't. I don't know. It's a great design. Yeah, that's the part that's a bummer too. It's just a really nice 
exquisite design. Like I could see kids wanting that as a doll. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Liking it. It, it just—it's really nice. It's well done. You know what's going to happen? That's the bummer. I can already see it happening. Like it's not happening here in the U.S. Obviously, we're going to see that. I believe only in Paris. But mm-hmm. I can already see the Disney bounders in mini power suits walking around Main Street. Yeah. And it's already <laughs> look. I would think that a pantsuit might be more comfortable because one, you wouldn't be as cold. Mel, maybe you can vouch for that. Hey, that's how I bound. <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? Like, I think right. if the last two years have taught us anything, is that you should wear what's comfortable. Uh, yes. Right? And what you feel good yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, uh, well, that, uh, I almost said something that I immediately felt was false. I was going to say that I don't think anybody's going to say anything about you wearing how you feel comfortable. But yeah, there's plenty of people that would say, why are you wearing that to many people? So never mind. I take that back. The fact that that's done is ridiculous. You should just let people wear whatever they feel comfortable in. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's yeah. a free world. Just let everybody and be mouses. happy. And for mouses. Let mouses yes. She's a mouse. For Mickey's sake. <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, I think we should move on because that's the whole thing. I, like I said, if it was... As a protest yeah. to yeah. the Women's History it's Month, sad, then check it, out. it makes it even yeah, worse. Give us your thoughts. You know, the arguments. What you think dumb. about the design itself, I think. That's like, I think that's the coolest part. It's like different design. Because even when Melissa mentioned earlier, she's been in the in the boat for the dream boat in the, you know, captain looking yacht style pant. This is like an own design pant, yeah. which I think is really cool. We love our, was it Nemo? Me- I can't say that right. Those little design dolls that they sell with their own little clothes at the park right now you could variance their costumes and whatever they're very small little figurines that blown up on the other part of the park i want to call them amiibos <laughs> they're not I, I don't know what they're <laughs> called nemo no they're like they're uh oh i just like oh gosh went in my brain and then yeah i have no help out. i don't know <laughs> i almost called them mio but that's that stuff you put in the water n- it's n- no, n- 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 nuimos or something n- like nuimos or, or something oh okay that's yeah. that thing mario's part of those right? are blowing up yeah and you could change yeah whatever clothes they got on there available to buy watch that pantsuit's gonna become available for those little and things. It's gonna sell and out. It, yeah, it's going to sell out. It's going to be on eBay for $500. Oh, and no. somebody's oh, going to be like, here's a drawing get your, of the outfit get your drawing. for $10,000. We're going to donate it to charity. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, if you have any thoughts on Minnie wearing a pantsuit, let us know. Join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can also join us on our Discord server. If you're not a member yet, super easy to join us there. Just head on over to our Instagram story. You'll see it pinned for Discord. Click on the link that you see in that story, and within a few clicks, you'll be a part of the server. So it'll, it'll be great to have you. We can converse about this a little bit more there. But if you want to leave your thoughts on Instagram as well, we'd love to hear how you feel about it because, yeah, this is technically not the first time, so. I mean, even, like, I just saw, I was looking, I was trying to find more pants thing, and, like, Minnie's been in, like, culottes at uh, Animal Kingdom, which is, like, those big white pants, and it's, yeah, it's it's not like Mind it's drop. new. It's whatever. <laughs> also, I like, like saying culottes. I was about to like, say, what a pool. Culottes. Culottes. It's like, you know, the, the Indiana Jones cast members wear them, too. They're, like, really wide pants that almost look like a skirt with their pants. Boom. There you go. 
Yeah. You've oh, learned something know. today, folks. Boom. Yep. Coolots. <laughs> that Andrew likes to say the word coolots. Coolots. <laughs> coolots. All right. So sticking with the festivities that are happening over at Disneyland Paris, look, I will be the first to say I'm absolutely jealous of this because for years now, I have been lobbying for Disney to put together a drone show at Disneyland because one, it'll help the environment, two, it'll look super cool, and three, it's drones. Like, how right? awesome is that? Disneyland Paris uh, is apparently getting the very first drone show in replacement for the fireworks that they are doing as part of the 30th anniversary. Uh, they have their own company called Dronesis, I think, if I remember correctly. And they've been out testing it. You can see them. Uh, there's a little demo reel that they put together talking about it. And you can see them putting together the big 30, you know, for the 30th anniversary of the park that you've seen in a, a lot of the iconography, a lot of the marketing materials that they have. Dude. Dude. I know. Drones. Drones. I know. Drones. Oh my god, drones. drones. I can't believe Paris <laughs> beat us to the punch on this one. Is it they beat us to the punch or is it the aviation, you know, regulations aren't as strict there as they may be here in California or even maybe Florida? Maybe that's the space they work out of. I know they own that area, but it, once you get in the sky, everything changes the rules, right? That's like the rules. That's true. That's or, a good point. Or maybe they're, like, still scared. Like, they want to see somebody, like, Disney's not ready. Like, you talked about pulling the trigger so they've used this company or this group to do the show to be like, let's see if they could successfully pull this off to where it's not, where it's magical, the Disney vibe. And the best time to do it, 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure why you're trying to use logic against me right now. Okay. <laughs> I Forget I it. understand I understand that the aviation rules for drones here are ridiculous at times. It could be. Honestly, uh, I think you're onto something because the fact that was it last year or the year before that they started requiring you to get a flying license in order to fly a drone. Like a certain license to do a drone. Yeah, yeah it, if it's over a specific weight, I believe now you actually have to like read the manual for flying and you have to be familiar, you have to pass a test. And if you get the license, then you can fly specific drones. And so in, in answer to that, a lot of drone companies started creating drones that with the battery, with the camera, with everything fully attached to it, it weighs like 0.1 or 2 ounces less than what's regulated <laughs> so that you don't have to get a license for it. I mean, I, that's smart. cool. It's smart, right? But <laughs> maybe you're onto something. Maybe it is because of the, of the fact that, you know, you would require different licenses for it. Uh, it is something totally new. Maybe here in California, there's so many people with cell phones. There's so many people with things that could interfere Oof. that could potentially become a little dangerous uh, when flying the drones. And maybe that's part of what they're finding, that I've, I've never been to Disneyland Paris. So maybe somebody that's been there can help clarify this for us. But maybe Disneyland Paris has a lot larger area 
where they can confine the control of the drones like inside of a little bubble almost whereas here like you peek over the matterhorn and you're looking at the five freeway you know so there's no hiding it here um maybe that's what it is but i i think i'm just salty that paris is getting it (laughs) before we got any of that stuff here okay let me spin it in a way so it's positive and you won't be so salty let's think of it as this you know how let's say walt disney world they were the first ones to do um genie plus i know it's horrible yes but that's not my point my point is like let's say they were the first park to test that let's say disneyland paris is the first park to test this and somehow let's say they find all the kinks they go through everything they figure it out and by that time hopefully they could bring something over here and yes i understand it's retired i'm not talking about mscp i'm saying remember dreams come true drone show you're welcome (laughs) the end (laughs) goodbye folks (laughs) it's it's the greatest fireworks show remember right we've talked about it and it's definitively said Everybody on this podcast, including Hazen, has said that Remember Dream Come True is the greatest fireworks. How dare you, so sir? It's fine. <laughs> we, we all, we've talked about it How plenty of times. How dare you, sir? Remember <laughs> Dreams Come True is the greatest fireworks show ever listed. But, well, so I won't let you talk so you don't get an answer. Uh, uh, wow. I, looking, I looked up Google Maps uh, for, at Disneyland Paris just to see because I was. I think we were thinking kind of the same thing about like what room they have and stuff like that. Um, and there's not like a ton of backstage property from what I'm looking at that I can tell is officially Disney parks property. Um, Disneyland Paris apparently sits in the, a big giant circle of like a freeway, which is kind of interesting. Um, but the, I'm also not sure on how far away and how, or how close like drones are in comparison to like fireworks. But if you look at just the castle area in general, there's a lot of lawn and a lot of like open space just surrounding the castle in front of the mm. castle. And if that's, you know, compared to like Disneyland where it's like it's there's tight. a castle and then you're right there. Um, so if yeah. stuff was to, you know, blow around or fall straight down, if they're going right above the castle, then maybe that's a good spot to do it. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more when the show is uh, live and we can see what it is. But there's also like, it's surrounded by fields in a couple different areas. So depending on how far away the drones can be, that might be a thing too. There's just like a couple of like big giant fields that might have like rice in them or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and trees. Um, so yeah, but I've never looked at Disneyland Paris on the map. It's in like a big circle. Yeah. I had never seen that either. I'm looking at it for the first time myself. If you're on the side of Phantom Manor, Indiana Jones, like that entire area, like of Adventureland, looks like it does hit up against like more buildings and some housing or something mm-hmm. like that. But on the opposite side, near the Newport Bay Club, there is a bunch of fields. And so maybe because they're going to be so high up in the sky, maybe that's where they're going to do it. Well, there's like, I mean, if, if you like use the castle as reference, like if you if you follow Main Street down, like from, you know, because where, where you want it is directly behind the castle is where you want the fireworks, you know, or drones to be. So if you use the, you know, straight line of Main Street 
goes into the circular hub and then the castle's right there you know directly in line behind that is a bunch of houses yeah <laughs> across the thing but then a little bit to the left of that there's like some trees and some rice fields and i don't know a little pond i don't know so if it's more to the left off you know outside the big circle freeway who knows but there's also just like the the lawn in front of the castle too that is decently sized compared to a lot of the other open spaces we see i mean it really uh, you know compared to disneyland for sure it's a it's a big you know a much larger stage lawn area than what we have yeah well for now i'm gonna chalk it up to that i get what you're saying mel I don't know if it if it helps all that much. Maybe it did a little bit because I seem to be more calm about it now. I tried. <laughs> Definitely not the type of space that we have here. There's nothing like that around here. But I don't know. Maybe as more information comes out, maybe they will talk about that at some point or, you know, some talk that an Imagineer will give at some point at, a, at an expo or something will be like, yeah, we did it because we had space. And here in California, there was too much interference. And people could probably connect to one of the drones via Bluetooth, and we did not want it to go out of control. I mean, that's probably, <laughs> you know. Probably a good yeah. idea. Anyway. Uh, do I want to see it here? Absolutely. So I'm hoping that what you said, Mel, is, you know, the, the step that they're taking, that they're getting all the kinks out and everything, and that we'll get, you know, a cool version of it here at some point to celebrate some kind of anniversary here as well. And who knows, maybe they already are testing it and we just don't know it. They're using different who characters. Knows? Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know, it's probably some 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 place out in the desert, like where just they have storage and stuff, just dr where they shoot the fireworks off. There's just, you know, drones flying around being tested. We don't know about because it's a secret location. It's true. It could be. Area, area, area 23 or something. <laughs> <laughs> area 33. 33 area, there you go yeah. area 1901 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah take your pick man area 17 yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> all right so the last thing we wanted to talk a little bit about is also something that we've brought up in the past and i feel like this has been a long time coming because there's been a lot of different scenarios that i feel were little micro tests that can kind of lead us into this but you know, Facebook recently announced that they were changing their name to Meta because they wanted to create this metaverse where everybody was going to, you know, live together and party together and hang out together and everything, right? Apparently, they want to be the oasis from Ready Player One, and they want all of us to live inside of some kind of Matrix-like simulation. Disney has apparently joined this metaverse thing. And apparently this has been a conversation that's been going on for a couple of years. Huh, interesting that about two and a half to three years ago I was talking about it. But that's beyond the point here. The point is that a couple of years ago they started really talking about the Disney metaverse. And in December, they were awarded a patent for some technology that they were thinking about using as part of the Disney metaverse. Now... The way that it would function is you would feel like you're you're in sort of like a simulation. Things are being projected around you and everything. And, you know, you're walking around the parks. You're walking around different scenarios. 
If that sounds familiar to you, it's because it's kind of what's been happening with things like The Void. Like The Void has been around at Downtown Disney. You put on a helmet, you put on some goggles, you walk around these rooms and you know, you, you're essentially in these simulations. If you're at home, you can have something like Oculus, you can play like uh, PlayStation VR. And you've seen the videos, they're super funny of people running into walls all the time. Hopefully that doesn't happen with this Disney Metaverse thing. But what's really interesting about this Disney Metaverse thing is that it's not going to require a helmet or glasses in order for it to function. The idea behind the patent is that you're going to walk into a room and that everything is going to be projected around you. How you interact with things in the metaverse, I don't know much about that yet. Because when you're wearing the VR goggles, you know, at the void or, you know, with Oculus or something, you have, you know, the opportunity to kind of interact with things in VR. But the way that this was set up is really interesting because, like I said, it's not going to require any glasses or helmets to function. One question for all of you. One, do you want to live inside of a Disney metaverse? Two, I mean, I know I'm going to continue to argue what I think some of the best functions for this are going to be, but... What do you think some practical uses for this would be, if anything? And three, how would how do you think you're going to interact with stuff if there's no goggles or no like helmet or anything to help you interact with them the way that they would with Oculus or PlayStation VR? I'm I'm trying to think of like what this would be because I'm I'm fairly new to this. I am. And from what I gather, since you don't need VR goggles or anything, this reminds me, and Jerry's going to be so proud when I say this, and so will Gavin, <laughs> Star Trek. There's something called the holodeck. Okay. You just walk into a room, and it's just a brand new world. And that's what I'm, I'm imagining. That's what I'm thinking. Like I said, I don't know much about this. Seems pretty cool. And... You've actually talked about what this could do for others. We've actually talked about it because I'm going to bring it back to back to uh, one of our armchair um, episodes. And you've brought up walking in Walt's footsteps and being able to do that with the VR. That was another thing that I thought of was, didn't you just say this? Didn't you say this a few years ago? <laughs> I mean, at, there you go. Podcateer's fashion say it here and it happens later so you're welcome <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah th that's what i thought of is is that i don't know how i would react i really don't i don't know if i want to live in a world like that it's it's a lot it's a lot to process and think about how you would react to that. Mm, i i don't know it's a good question though yeah I mean, it would be interesting to see, you know, the having no VR goggles and stuff like that is it's obviously built for something for an attraction for a a certain thing that it's going to do. But it would be cool if they also then jump into the VR game as well and bring some of that content to home because, they, you know, people aren't going to be able to buy 
a you know Disney patented room thingy, whatever it is, and walk you know have a a room in their house dedicated to the metaverse Disney metaverse thing. So I'm you know I'm assuming this is a parks thing. Um, so I'm interested to see what it is, how it works, stuff like that. Um, I was looking at the patent uh, drawings and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's it's mostly like eye tracking and user tracking. You know, basically you walk around and it kind of tells and it can shift and all that kind of stuff. But it would be really cool if they started doing things in an official capacity in the VR space we already have. Uh, I mean, they have a couple little things on there right now, and there's the Tales from Galaxy's Edge, but that game is really hard. It made me sick, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but, you know, a, a lot of people have been asking for, um, you know, ride-throughs, official filmed, you know, ride-through videos and stuff like that, where people can, you know, have their Disney fix, as you may call it, at home whilst, you know, still going to the parks, you know, maybe you pay a subscription, maybe you do whatever, I don't know. But it would be cool to bring those things home. Um, but also, I'm th the one thing that I'm thinking that this uh, um, technology might be used for is that um, Avengers uh, ride, that the e-ticket for Avengers Campus that they've they've talked about. Because it was, you know, talking about jetpacks and flying through a battle and all this stuff and da-da-da-da-da. And I think that's probably going to be somewhat of a, um advantage to that ride is if they can get this technology to work in time. If that's, you know, that doesn't have any date or anything or really hard announcement on that. But I wonder if this is technology getting used for that attraction in particular. I think what... Just to start off, I don't know, maybe the <laughs> listeners will be <laughs> to relate. <laughs> I, it's because when I hear the word metaverse, I, I immediately, sadly, I'm tying it to what Facebook is doing. And when you hear meta, it, it, it's it's unfortunate because you're like, oh, great. If it's like tied to Facebook, I know what they're trying to do in the VR realm. But you think what I just said, VR realm. And this as metaverse sounds still what Disney, which I like does is there still a uh, not a it's not a, a necessarily a screen in front of your eyes it's more like it's in front of you of your own eyes it's still in this dimension that we call reality not virtual reality but the imagery that you see like what melissa said that when it comes up around you in this room you're immersed in star trek which is really cool because it almost feels like star trek is not given the props it's to be like to where we're at in the future it's like a lot of the things you see on Star Trek, well, I mean, that's pretty much why FaceTime is a thing now. It's because of Star Trek. Like, that's, this is, those things you see on there become what we are in the future, which is creepy. If you're going to ask me about Disney, I like that they're going this route. Because then there's still this part of scene in front of you. And just like Andrew mentioned, I, I get motion sickness very easily. So when I wear those VR glasses and I do those games... The worst thing I can remember is the major one of the first times I ever tried it. I was in Las Vegas, and I was not completely uh, fully coherent at that time. And I tried oh, no. it, and it was probably maybe like the worst, but the funniest experience ever. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, though, I mean, it's like you, you 
the glasses until they could perfect them not like getting hot and then you're not getting the full sound too because you can't get sound really like that you're only getting vision they haven't really perfected that without putting like earbuds in your ear right so i think where disney's going with that when you tell me and especially the example that you mentioned that you had mentioned before that you you've been on it walking in like changing into like different time periods of like something Walt Disney had like back when the original park opened to switching to something to where Andrew mentioned we're like on jetpacks flying through a Marvel war scene or something like that like that is crazy to wrap your brain around like it's just not it's almost feels like it's unbelievable like magic which Disney Imagineers have done in the past and I hope it's more that way than the way that Facebook sells it. No offense, sorry if you're a Facebook fan. It just feels like they're kind of profiting on for that idea of the metaverse. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what's happening. Like, Facebook is essentially trying to capitalize on an idea that's been around for, I don't know, 30 years now, 40 years now. I think it was like the early exactly. 90s um, where it, it was initially, like, dubbed as part of a novel or something. And then... Uh, Ernest Klein took it further in Ready Player One. I don't remember what the original novel was. Um, it's called Snow Crash. Snow Crash. Just, okay, yeah. So, Wikipedia so Snow page. Crash was the first one to mention the metaverse, and then Ready Player One kind of expanded on the idea. And I mean, in a in a way, we've already kind of experienced micro versions of the metaverse with playing games like The Sims or anything that essentially hmm. puts you into a world beyond the world that you're already living in. The difference between what Disney and Facebook and Oculus and all these companies, well, Oculus is owned by Facebook, but uh, all these companies are trying to do is bring you into the world physically now. It's not just kind of this avatar that you're playing around on your phone, your computer, whatever the case is. They want to physically bring you into the space now, Andrew, you brought up a couple of things, and actually, both of you brought up a couple of things uh, with the parks. We're already kind of seeing this, right? Because when you think of web slingers, there's already the crazy motion tracking that's happening with how you're shooting the webs and stuff in order to get through it. So the fact that this technology is there, or the fact that we're starting to see some of the technology already in the parks means that they're they're testing more and more to just expand on the technology. This seems to be the next phase of what we've already seen at Downtown Disney. We've seen in the parks. Um, I mean, we've already seen it with other attractions like Toy Story Mania and Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. You know, it's like all this IR tech, all this like motion tech and everything. It's all contributing to testing for these new products. The, the use case that I've always said before is that if there's ever people that cannot physically go to the parks, this is a great way to take them and allow them to experience it without the fear of something bad happening to them, right? If you have people in the hospital that can't leave, you know, the ICU for whatever reason, you know, strap on these VR goggles and give them an opportunity to live out this magical dream as they're working at getting better, Use cases like that, I think, are really, really important to continue to explore and I think would possibly be the the best way to introduce it, you know, to the to a mass market. In the parks, they might have something where you don't need the goggles, where you don't need the helmet. But Andrew, you said something really interesting that I 
like it, it got my brain thinking like what if there was a subscription what if they tack this on to like disney plus and they said all right well if you're a disney plus member you pay an additional six seven bucks a month and if you have let's say an oculus you can strap in and you can ride the attractions. You got a full VR, like professionally made Disney version of the attraction that you can ride through at home. That would be awesome. You know, and then to take it a step further, Larry, you were talking about the movies and everything. You know, Andrew, you mentioned it as well. Dude, forget the attraction. What if you were in an IMAX movie and you're experiencing an mm. Avengers fight like with like Iron Man right in front of you or Doctor Strange doing his magic in front of you? It, it would be crazy, you know, to have to think about that, obviously. But considering considering how much of these films is already CG, it's not that far of a stretch to create a 3D, a, a 360 rendering of that area for you to mm -hmm. physically be in. I yep. like, I hate to say it, but man, I'm so excited about this. I like, I know <laughs> that people are like, no, but I look, I do understand that there are mm -hmm. concerns about how things like this can pull people apart that it can segregate you and you know as humans regardless of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert we need we need connection with people the difference i think is just who you connect with and how many people you connect with but everybody needs some kind of human connection things like the metaverse drastically change how we interact with people i mean if if you think of how many kids these days have trouble talking to others or how many people in general have trouble talking to others, but it's easier to talk via text. I think that's what people are concerned with, you know, that there's this shift of digital communication versus personal communication that can happen with something like this. But if the parks continue to be open and you can have like an in-person experience where you don't have to wear the goggles, you don't have to wear the helmet, but you're in these awesome scenarios, or you can pay a subscription and get kind of like a lesser version, but still super cool at home, I would want to experience both. I would want to do the home thing to get my, my fix. Like you said, Andrew, I could get my quick Disney fix riding a couple <laughs> of attractions. Imagine being able to get up in the morning and be like, I got a meeting at nine, but I'm going to go ride the Haunted Mansion. Just give me a, just give me a minute, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then you go, you, you take your lunch break, you take a, a, a bio break. As, as we like to call it sometimes. And, you know, as part of your bio break, you go also get yourself a snack and boom, you're on Splash Mountain. You know, it's like, <laughs> how rad would that be? Or you're writing, you know, Mystic Manor. Well, yes, or, exactly. You know, or, you Parks know, around the, the world. Tron Coaster or exactly. Yeah. Dude, I'm so okay, psyched. I can see that. I'm so psyched for this. Like, I think there is a way for us as a society to be able to come up with some kind of solution where, yes, there there can be some human interaction, that there will be a better experience interacting with other people. Um, but, man, Disney in the metaverse? Please, yes, now. I don't even care if I said it and then they took it from me. I don't even want to check. Just make it happen at this point. <laughs> I don't know. Human interaction's overrated. Have you met people? Well, <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I I think 
I think the last two years have really uh, separated people into multiple groups. And uh, it is difficult to want to be around certain people. But look, I mean, if you could choose the people that you're going to be around, like if I could hang out with you guys on an attraction like this, if we could all get together inside of a room and then not wear goggles, not wear helmets, but we could experience Disneyland Paris, like you said, Phantom Manor. You know, if we're at Downtown Disney, but all of a sudden we're at Phantom Manor, dude, that is awesome. Yeah, sure is. I said Mystic Manor, by the oh, way. Oh, sorry. Even better. Even still, better. Okay, I mean, it's but still good. Still, it's way. still good. All the manors, <laughs> all the mountains, all of the everything. And then, you know, you could be like, you, I, big chickens like me can go on all the scary roller coasters and not have to worry about being a big chicken and see all the cool stuff. True. Unless you get motion sick, like Larry was saying, then it's a whole other story. Yeah, we're going to have to. But they got some stuff to work out, I'm sure. So yeah. yeah, it'll get there. It'll get there. The point is, Disney, we volunteer to test this out for you. <laughs> Call us. We have our number. I have an if, Oculus at home. So, yeah, we can. If If you need a reference, talk to Bobby. I mean, I know he's not there anymore, Bye. but I know he's like super cool with everybody there still. He'll be like, Kazen, yes, bring him in. He's a cool guy. He'll help you test. And that'll be it. I'll help you test. If you want to hire me as a consultant and give me the Imagineering badge for a month or two, that's fine. I'll I'll play I'll play along. You know, you don't have to pay me as a contractor. You can pay me as an Imagineer, and, you know, I'll help you test it. It'll be fine. Yeah, I want one of those brown construction helmets. Yeah, with my name yeah. on it and everything. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> when dreams come true, right? Remember right. dreams come true. <laughs> Greatest fan. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think uh, overall, I think the metaverse can be super cool, especially if it's implemented in ways that can be enjoyable by more people. The technology in general that they've patented uh, just about a month ago now uh, for this seems really cool. I'd love to see more about it, and I'd love to see more about how it's being implemented. One thing that we do want to keep in mind about things like this is that there's tons of things that Disney patents and are never used. There's tons of things that they patent and we don't see used until five, six, ten years later because the rest of technology needs to catch up with it. It's the same with just everything in the park, right? Like the Imagineers that opened up the park did everything that they could with technology that was available to them. And as technology has advanced, we've seen those things take effect inside of Disneyland, California Adventure, and all of the other parks. You know, so next generation, I'm so for it. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about this and pretty much anything that we commented on. Join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We'd love to have you over on the Discord server. Again, check the Instagram stories, click the link, and within a few clicks, you'll be on our Discord server. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Because I'm, like, super psyched now. Like, I'm about to go buy an <laughs> Oculus so I can start getting ready now. Get prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to wait on apples <laughs> <laughs> I don't know as I, We have one at home, it's pretty cool um, 
Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up just just because we've missed it the last couple times. Um, uh, Jonathan Freeman just left um, Aladdin. I almost said Aladdin musical spectacular. Aladdin the musical on Broadway. Uh, original Jaf- mm. voice Jafar. He originated the role on Broadway, and he's finally uh, taken his retirement. So I just wanted to say congratulations to Jonathan Freeman. Um, but yeah, just a little short thing, yeah, for him. But yeah, other than that, let's get out of here. Awesome. Good note. Well deserved. I'm good. I'm ready to see. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, this is where we're going to wrap up the episode for this week. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. To wear pants or not to wear pants? That is the question. Part of the Podcateers Network.